Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Good morning, Arizona. Welcome back. You know, you can call with your answers, too. Maybe I've got all the questions. Maybe that'd be kind of a fun show to do a little different. I'll just ask questions so we can let callers call in and answer them. Um, anyway, beautiful morning out there, folks. And uh, if you haven't been outside, it's pretty cloudy and a little rain, a little wet, but not really raining too hard. The mountains here in Sunny Slope are beautiful. There's no wind. It's a little chilly. You might want to bring a rain jacket. Anyway, we've got three lines open. The number to call, 602-277-5827-277-KTR. Margaret in Sun Lakes, good morning. Good morning, Brian. Um, I have two questions. Uh, one of my neighbors said they had mice in their house mm-hmm. last summer because of my fruit uh, on the tree. They suggest I get them, get rid of them before the summer. I don't know how true that is, but you said the grateful you can keep until August, right? Well, yeah, absolutely, some, yeah. Mm-hmm. Some other people told me that uh, it, the mice will come if the fruit is on the floor, on the ground. Well, let me ask so you I this, do. Margaret. Do you, do you have fruit that's in your tree that's being eaten by rats or not? Yeah, once they are on the ground, I look at them. Yeah, there's some holes. But up, but up on the, on top of the tree, are they being eaten or not? No. Okay. Well, then you really don't. You're not contributing much to the problem. The ones on the ground, um, they had. Do they have small holes, or they've been eaten all completely on the inside? Small holes. I don't even look at inside. Yeah, well, if they're small hose, that's probably caused by a bird, not by by rodents. So that would that's be a different thing. But the, the thing with sure. rats and, and, and rodents is rodents here in you know in the valley are kind of ever present. We didn't used to have uh, roof rats here, but we have for about the last twenty five years now. You know, so that being said. You know, they're definitely here. But what you have to do in a given neighborhood is is to get rid of them, you know, and, and not, not have a seed source for them or feed source. So, you know, like at our house, we trap them and we get rats. And uh, if you don't have animals around, you know, there's a lot more coyotes and owls that eat a lot of the rats as well. So you don't really want to use a poison to kill them, but you, you can certainly catch them in the traps. And um cool. I, I shouldn't be the only one contribute to their mice, right? Because no, ab- absolutely not. No, not then I wouldn't. Okay. No, and then why would they be well, at their well, house then? Maybe they're at their house looking. Maybe they have a place they can get into their house and uh, find a food source there. You know, they'll eat a lot of things. You know, really, rats okay. will eat. They're they're omnivorous, like people are, and they'll eat everything uh-huh. from grass to pecans to nuts to you know they'll eat all different kinds of, of, of products. And they'll you know they want to live. They're pretty hardy little guys, and uh, and they certainly okay. don't feed on the citrus at all, you know, for 10 months a year, I and mean, they're not feeding on it. So if they're not eating it for 10 months a year, what are they eating the other 10 months? Okay. If your neighbors so, have so bird feeders, they could be feeding out of those. I mean, there's a lot of things they'll eat. Okay. So I'm not going to have to trim the, the, the fruit. No. So, but if I, sometimes I see the fruit on the floor, right? I go take a look at if there's a hole, I just leave it there for them to finish eating. Well, no, I wouldn't uh, do that either. <laughs> no, no. If you're doing that, you're, you've ruined your whole story, Margaret. So, yeah, if, if you, oh. you know, so what you want to do is you want to harvest the fruit you're going to eat. You don't, you don't want to necessarily leave it for the rodents, okay? So if you see one that's fallen off that they started chewing on, just discard that one, you know, and, okay. and, and leave as much 
fruit on the tree as you're going to eat. But they tend okay. to they tend to feed more on like grapefruits in the summertime. And part of it, I think, is they're getting moisture from there. The one thing with with rodents is they have to have a water supply. You know, they can't live um, here. Those riff rats can't live here in the desert without water. You know, mm-hmm. so. They they well that's a lot of I think why they feed on the grapefruit so much in the summertime is because there's moisture there, and so okay. if you can eliminate water that's outdoors that's loose, uh, you and your neighbors I mean that'll that'll help with the rats as well because they need water and uh, okay. and they're going to find water wherever they can and if they get their water from eating that grapefruit you know that's a lot of water for them so you know that's where they're going to feed on them and that's where you really you know anything that falls on the ground you want to pick up and get rid of right away you know and you're li- okay. leaving food for them is not a good thing. That would be like putting a, a plate of pecans out in your yard for them to eat every night. Okay. Okay. Got you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Margaret. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we've got Sandy in Sin City. But after uh, Sandy, we're wide open. The number to call is 602-277-5827. Give Shira a call. She's here on the phones and music. 602-277-5827. For the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, we're here every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning. Um, I have a huge tangelo tree, just covered this year, nothing last year. Um, I need to know when to have it trimmed or, or uh, pruned. Well, you can prune it any time now. Like with our tangelos, we're right in the prime mix of picking our tangelos. And yeah. so as soon as we finished our harvest, we're going to we're gonna prune it. And for us, we're going to probably harvest them faster than you might at home. Uh, we'll probably be done in the next two, three weeks. But, um, you know, at home, the tangelos will stay quite good on the tree through April. So I, I, yes, would, I, I would kind of leave them till about the middle of April. But in the meantime, if you need to prune some of the tree back, it would be better to prune it now and just use the fruit off off the areas you want to prune. Okay, I'm I'm just concerned about waiting till it's in bloom and losing the fruit for next year. Well, you know, the, the wood you prune off is not going to bloom again, so that's gone anyway. Okay. But if you want to prune it and reduce its size, if you prune it now, you'll have the advantage. You're going to open up the interior of other portions of the tree to more sun. And the more right. sun it gets, the more blooms you're going to have on, on the interior portion of the tree is where your fruit's going to set for this year. Because by the time it flushes new growth, it's that that's not going to set any fruit. So your okay. wood you have now is what you have. I would prune it right now. Okay, because that's going to open it up and give it more light. And then just uh, have friends and share all those tangelos. I mean, they're perfect right now. They couldn't be any better. Oh, they are, yes. Yeah, and just share all those tangelos. And if your friends can't find enough, they can go to Sprouts or uh, the whole Bashes family yeah. or Albertson Safeway and uh, Whole Foods. And we have them available at all those places that are Arizona grown. And, and let's look for the little Silver Canyon label. And uh, we pick them when they're ripe. You know, you know, I'm from the Midwest, and I still, I've been here almost 20 years. I still am so happy to be go, able to go outside and pick fruit for my breakfast. It's, it's a treat. Well, and what's wonderful about our citrus is we have such a long season. You know, especially like if you had a grapefruit, I mean, the grapefruit you could be eating now, you could be eating in the middle of summer. We also have a 
tangerine tree, Mm -hmm. but they're tiny and seedy. Very sweet, but tiny and seedy. And uh, we have approximately one million of them. (laughs) Well, you know, a lot of those, you might want to prune that tangerine tree real heavy right now so that it has less fruit. You'll get bigger fruit on what you get. So if you want to prune that tangerine tree back pretty heavy, you're going to get bigger fruit. And the best thing for those little, uh, you know, seedy tangerines like Fairchilds or mm-hmm. Algerians is to juice them. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, that's, that's what I'm doing right now. Oh, and they're, they're, they're out of this world juice quality. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, I'll Sandy. Get, uh, get a tree trimmer out here. Okay, All right. Take you. care. Bye-bye. Oh, Bye-bye. Sandy, just one other point. Don't let them trim yeah. it up high off the ground. Make sure that they just trim it down from the top. Uh I'm not sure I understand. Well, we don't want to raise the limbs up so high on a citrus tree that the sun can come underneath and and hit the wood. Okay? And sometimes tree trimmer people want to do that. So you want to leave the canopy down low and prune it down from the top. Okay. Okay? Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Uh Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, let's see. Next up, we've got Robbie and Gilbert. Good morning, Robbie. Good morning. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. It's cold out there this morning. It's chilly. Okay. I originally was from Wisconsin, and we had a little uh, garden, and we sold our stuff, and we planted K199 sweet corn. It was an incredibly large ear with deep kernels, and I sourced some of that seed last year, and I'm dying to plant it, but my ground temperature is still 55 degrees uh-huh. and it should be 60 to 65. What would happen if I put it in now? I'm really anxious. Well, it, it just depends on what the weather does, how warm it is going to be to germinate. And, you know, I, I've got friends that plant watermelons early when the ground's still a little cool. But, they, you know, my friend Joe used to grow a lot of them out there in Gilbert and Chandler. And he always told me, hey, when the ground warms up, they'll come up. You know, so as long as the ground's not crusted over, you'd be okay. And um, you might gain a little bit by planting them right now. You just have to watch the weather. I haven't I haven't looked at the forecast much this week, but it's been, it's been running pretty cool. But once we get back to that, it all has to be 70 degrees in the daytime. That ground temperature will come up, and you'll be fine. So I, I wouldn't be – I'd get ready to plant them anytime right now. Yeah, I was kind of thinking of soaking some of the seed. You know, for about 12 hours and then popping it in. Well, you could, you could do that. That's going to give you a faster germination, but you're still going to need some soil warmth for it to grow. So, you know, and then yeah, if, if you want to give it a bigger kick, you can do that. Are you, are you going to do yeah. an Indian style? Are you going to put a fish in there and plant, you know, three seeds in a hill? You know, one for you and one for the raccoon and one just... Uh, no, I can't get anybody to go get me some fish, so no. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, Carol. Hey, Robbie. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Robbie. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have three lines open. The number to call is 602-277-5827. It's Brian and Shira here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show on 92.3 FM KTAR.
Sunny Slope, and uh, it really is a beautiful morning out there. Looks like the phones are full. We'll get right to them. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got to get the right order. Steve in Peoria. Hi, Steve. Hey, how's it going? Great, Steve. I got a question about uh, an existing lawn that has died, and it's been about over a year since even had water. I've been in this house for about four years. I've ne- it's never been the way I wanted it. It's uneven, dead spots. So I already need to go ahead and redo the irrigation. But what kind of sequence events do I need to do to make sure this ground is, is perfect and I'm going to lay down new seed? Well, don't I'm put new seed, put, it, put in new sod. Just don't do seed, just sod it? Sod's well worth the money and a lot less okay. aggravation, easy to put in. Uh, where are you located in Peoria, Steve? Uh, Vistancia, El, okay. uh, El Mirage and Lone Mountain Parkway. And what's your soil like where you're at there? Uh, pretty tough. I mean, it's... When you dig, you find construction material. Okay, that's yeah, that's that's not the end of the world though. But is it? it no. Have you dug a hole deep enough? Do you have caliche underneath you right there where you're at or not? No, I, uh, I in the front yard. I just dug probably about a good foot down and didn't find any of that. Okay, that that's good then. So what you want to do is probably add some gypsum to the whole thing, and you okay. can put it on pretty heavy. You could probably put fifty pounds for every two hundred square feet, and that's going to really soften the ground up. And if you would till all that in. Okay, and you could do all this before you uh, put your irrigation system in and then come back and put your irrigation system in and water it. And it's going to, you know, be kind of unlevel, then come back and level it. Okay, and get it where it's perfectly level and water it again so it's compacted and then uh, just have them come put some sod in or you can put the sod in yourself. And how much traffic are you going to have on it? Um. A decent amount. I got three young kids, and I plan on getting a dog. Okay, so you probably want to get like one called Tiffway Four Nineteen, and that's like what they use on sports fields, and it's great. Okay. For, it's great for traffic, kids and dog traffic, and all that kind of stuff. And you'll end up with a wonderful, you know, wonderful lawn, be easy to maintain, and it'll, it'll save you all the time and aggravation of putting seed in. Perfect. Light. One other question. Uh, about St. Augustine, why isn't excuse me? Why isn't that used as much? Uh, is it too difficult? Well, it's a lot more work. Like at our house, we, we live in Central Phoenix. We have flood irrigation, so we have a mixture of St. Augustine, Bermuda grass, and and dicondra. And every play, every okay. one of those grasses has its favorite spot. But St. Augustine, while it's evergreen and it makes a nice grass here, it it takes a lot more work and it takes more water. And uh, so that's why it's never really been as popular. And when I was a young guy, I was like 12 years old. We were going to go melt, mow lawns for money one time. And the first little old lady caught us. And we burned up our lawnmower because she hadn't mowed that St. Augustine for about six weeks. And you couldn't even cut it. But it, and it was flood oh, wow. But it's uh, it's just not the, you know, really, if you'll take that Tiffway 419, it's, it's hard to imagine, you know, better lawn than a sports field. 
And, yeah, exactly. And that's what they use, like, you know, all, all the stadiums, college, pros, <laughs> high schools. You know, it's, it's all, they all use that sod. And it's, it's a hardy, great, you know, kid-friendly sod. Okay, and to lay down sod, should I lower the actual <laughs> depth of my, after I go ahead and level it, am I going to have to lower that depth because I'm laying down, you know, two inches or half an inch of sod? No, and the the sod, the, yeah, the sod portion itself is well. It depends on how you adjust the patios and things like that. You may have to, but um, okay. you know, in general, the sod itself, you know, the sod, the the dirt that comes with it's about a half inch to three quarters, and then you're going to have the height of the sod where you're going to mow it like say three quarters of an inch tall. So from your you know whatever you have on a grade, you're going to be an inch and a half higher to the mowed top. So it just depends how you want to set it up. I understand. Thank you very much, sir. Thanks, Steve. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we have Sue and Glendale. Hi, Sue. Hi. Hey, I have a quick question about my bird of paradise. Mm-hmm. We bought it back in probably October or November. It was flowery when we got it. Right. And now we just have three sticks in our ground. <laughs> That's very normal, Sue. It's It loves 110 and it hates 40, okay? So it's, okay. it's going to wake up when it gets hot. You know, usually that's about April when they really start to grow. And then the hotter it is all summer, the faster it'll grow. Okay, so we, we can count on it pretty much to come back? Leave it alone. It'll come home wagging its little tail behind it, okay? All right. All I'm right. counting on it. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Sue. Bye-bye. Uh, Carol in Congress. Good morning, Carol. Hi, Brian. Thanks so much for taking my call. Um, I've called you several times about my beloved grapefruit tree that was planted on Caliche underneath. Mm-hmm. And, the, well, the, it was planted when we were gone, and the gardener told us that that was the situation. Mm-hmm. So anyway, over the last couple of years, it's, it's coming along. I've got probably 15 grapefruits on it, but it's staying kind of squat. And so you had told me last year when I called in to, to like, I can give it a little fertilizer every month to, and because the roots are going to grow probably along the ground mm-hmm. and not deep. All right. So yesterday, when I got back here in October, it was really yellow looking. So I gave it a three month supply, like it, um, it, it lasts for three months, mm-hmm. organic fertilizer, watered it in, but it just looked yellow and yellow. And then I realized I forgot to turn my water system off until like around the beginning of November. So I shut it off and I haven't watered it really since then. We've had enough rain that I've been told by other people in the area, don't start watering like Les Gingrich, who takes care of a lot of the the plants around here. He said he turned his water off and doesn't turn anything on. So anyway, I'm looking at it now. I went out and pruned some of the longer limbs on it a little bit just like two inches off of them, hoping that the terminal bud theory will work and it'll shoot up some arms and get some height going on it. And But it's still yellow as hell. Well, Carol, it's, it's too cold. Okay. So it, there's nothing that's going to green up a grapefruit tree like sunshine. And we haven't had much. Oh. Okay. So when it gets hot, so you know, when we get 75, 80, 90 degrees, okay, it's going to come back better. Now, there's a product okay. you might try on that. It's called Alkalichi. Okay. And you should be able to find that in a lot of different uh, places, but it's basically a sulfuric acid kind of base, but it also has nitrogen and a lot of iron in it. And you might try giving it a shot of that alkalichi here. You know, somewhere, you know, right now is a good time of year because the the weather is going to warm up and uh, it'll have maybe help soften up some of that rock below. And if you really wanted it to grow big and, and you want to leave it where it's at, you could come around that tree 
and you could come like a foot off the, the side of it, you know, even prune one side back and dig a hole down and take a jackhammer and dig down through the caliche and, and have it so that the water would drain and go down that side. And the roots will root down that one side and, and go down in the ground. So, But it's, it's going to take oh, a, a lot of effort. You know, I can remember our neighbors, the Gutierrez's, when I grew up here in Sunny Slope, uh, they had a little grapefruit tree that they planted in the rock next to our foxhole, which was actually an old mine, you know, right behind our house in very rocky soil here in Sunny Slope. And that grapefruit tree was there for 50 years, I, I remember. In fact, I haven't looked over the fence to see if it's still there. But it... Um, Never grew much because it was planted in rock like that. Mm, Stayed healthy, okay. but it never grew. So, and, and that and your tree is just going to be stunted, you know, unless you can get you know a place for it to root better. And, uh, and that that it's probably we've been in the house five years, and we had it put in the year that we moved in, mm-hmm. and it probably was two years old. So it's seven years old, and it's about five feet tall, okay. and probably about. Six feet wide. Mm-hmm. That's getting bushy. Sounds, really bushy. sounds like the Gutierrez's tree. You know what? That's not a problem either. You know, and, and yellowing in the summertime for grapefruit's pretty normal. What do you know? What variety it is? No. Okay. So if, see, there's I one. There's no one idea. called a star ruby that really yellows here bad in the summer. That doesn't do very well. But like a ruby red, which is a common one, um, should do fine. It's a, it's a ruby. It's a ruby. Okay. But I mean, it's been yellow since October. But is it like when it's red on the inside? Is it blood red or is it just a light red? No, blood red. Okay. It might be a star ruby. And it might be the variety that's part of the problem too. Huh. Star ruby is a very deep thought. dark red. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a deep, dark red. Yeah. So if it's a star ruby, you might even want to think about planting another one and plant a regular ruby red and uh, then okay. be there for the hole to be dug and dig the hole down deeper. And if, if there's caliche, just dig through it. Yeah, I'll dig it myself. <laughs> yeah, get a jackhammer. We we used to do it with a rock bar whenever I was young. I got in pretty good shape planting citrus trees in Sun City and, and their caliche. But anyway, Carol, drainage is a good thing if you have a bigger hole in drain. You might just have the wrong variety. So instead of putting a ton of effort into that one, and if you have room, you might just pop in a, a ruby red grapefruit. We've got some very nice ones in 15 gallons that if you wanted to plant one yourself. And um, okay. and you could come in and taste the fruit on them right now as well. Okay. So the going back to the Alcolici, uh-huh. is that A-L-C-O? It's, uh, let's see, A-L-C, I think it's A-L-C-A-L-I, but you just, just look at for Alcolici. It's going to come in a gallon jug bottle. Okay. Okay. Do you have it at your shop? I we go we do have it at the one on Glendale, huh? Okay, great. Thanks. Thank you Bye-bye. so much. We appreciate your your time and your efforts. Well, thanks for being on the program. Um, let's see. Next up, we're going to have Davis and Wilhelm. But Dave, uh, David, I, it was kind of fun because we had you there in Congress. But, you know, what happened to us in the meantime, Troy Barrett wondered in the studio. So I'm sorry, Dave, but you're going to have to wait till after the news. And then we'll have Lyle, Justin, Rob. And then if you'd like to be on after Rob, all you have to do is give us a call. Number to call 602-277-5827. It's the gang here, Shira, Troy, and Brian, on Sunday morning from 7 to 9 with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Good morning, Arizona. Welcome back. Beautiful morning out there. And uh, 
want to invite you to give us a call. We got two lines open. The number to call 602-277-5827. 277-KTR. Let's see. Next up, we got Davis and Will Holt. Good morning, Davis. Good morning. Uh, I have a question about chill hours. Mm-hmm. Um, where would you, uh, on a scale, uh, uh, where are we this year? Are we ahead of normal? Well, I mean, up, up on where you're at, up on the hill, um, we're probably about average, probably. We haven't had any real, real, real cold weather. But, you know, you probably get an easy 500 hours up there. Right. Is there, does the extension service keep track of that so one has an idea of what we can expect for the spring? You know, as far as, uh, I don't know that they track it specifically. They could. I mean, they're certainly easy to call and they're fun to work with. You know, we have county agents, and so yours would be the one there out of, you know, Yavapai County. And, um, yeah, yeah, I'd give them a call and see what information they have, but they probably have it all documented. Good. That's that, that's it. Thank you very much. Thanks, Davis. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have uh, Rob in Gold Canyon. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Brian. Thank you for your program. It's a great program. Well, we're here oh. having fun. Yes, yeah, sir. Yes. Uh, Brian, I have a question. I've seen uh, several things on YouTube that shows how to grow an avocado from an avocado core. That's hey, Rob, I've that's never pretty been able easy. to do that. Rob, somehow we have a bad connection with you. Do you have the radio on in the background or something? Or No, I think uh, my phone is a computer phone. Oh, okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah, no, we can hear you. It's just a little staticky. That's okay. So um, you can, oh. uh, avocados are very easy to grow from a seed. And they're a lot of fun to grow. Now, that one that you grow from a seed won't necessarily produce avocados, and it may, but it will typically take one that's a seedling, you know, years and years to grow avocados. So if you really wanted to try and grow an avocado, I'd recommend you either graft one that you grow from a seed or buy one that's already grafted. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. And also, one more question. Uh, in in your uh, At your nursery, do you guys sell... Uh uh, pomegranate trees? We sell a lot of pomegranates. It's a very popular tree here. Oh, and then uh, are they just wild type or are they the kind that gives uh, good fruit? No, no. There's lots and lots of varieties of pomegranates. The old standard here that does have big fruit is called Wonderful. And there's uh-huh. there's a lot of different ones aside from that, but that's the most consistent, most proven variety here. And uh, there are, you know, so you have to know what you're buying. There are flowering pomegranates that don't produce fruit. And there's dwarf pomegranates. There's lots and lots of varieties of pomegranates. But, um, you know, you'd want to buy one that's a fruiting variety, but most of them that are grown here are. I I would say probably the ones sown in the valley, probably 80% are the wonderful variety, which produces just fine. Okay, and and you have them at your nursery? Yes, we do. Okay, great. What's the closest uh, uh, nursery uh, from Gold Canyon? Oh, our closest one to Gold Canyon is going to be the one in Gilbert. It's on Stapley, which is the same as Cooper after it crosses Baseline, and Guadalupe. Uh And they're open today from like 10 to 4. Great. Well, thank you very much, Brian. Thanks, Rob. Have a nice day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Lyle, then Justin. Then if you'd like to be on, we have three lines available. It's a great time to call. The number to call is 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Lyle and Phoenix, good morning, Lyle. 
Good morning, Brian, and I very much enjoy your show. Um, I'm looking for uh, a hedge to create privacy, uh, six to eight feet tall, maybe a two to three foot base. Do you have any recommendations? Well, there's lots of styles, Lyle. The, the old favorite here is sour orange. And the sour orange hedge is very hardy, can live 50 years or more. In fact, at our nursery at Glendale, we have a, a hedge that was planted in front of that in, in 1950. So I guess that hedge is already 70 years old. And, um, you know, it's a hardy standard hedge. Uh, and it's easy to maintain to about that size. If you wanted to be a little more water conscious, you could plant some hedging olive trees. And we have an olive that you can hedge that has a gray foliage on it. that'll do much the same thing and is probably just as easy to maintain or even easier and uh, it takes less water. Or you could grow, if you're going to sell your house in a few years, you want something fast, you could grow a hop seed hedge. And the hop seed grows fast and makes a nice hedge just in a couple years. And um, it's probably not going to live for much more than about 20 years, but you know, 20 years is a long time, and it's going to be less expensive and grow faster. It's going to be a little bit more open and a lighter green. And that's just some of the options. There's, there's a lot of options for hedges. How long if we went the olive uh, hedge route, I mean, uh, how long would it take to get it to a, a, a six-foot uh, height? It's going to take probably to get to a nice six to seven-foot, you know, full hedge, two years. Two years? Oh, yeah. Okay. The I'll sour orange, you could plant a 15-gallon and have it probably in a year. So, a year? Okay, yeah, great. from a 15-gallon size. Okay, great. Well, I really appreciate the information and, uh, again, your show. Thank you, oh, Brian. Thanks for being part of it, Lyle. Bye-bye. Oh, let's see. Next, we've got Justin and Mason. But after Justin, it's wide open, and it's late in the day. It's a perfect time to call from the green, green mountains around the valley here. I mean, it's pretty amazing looking out where our mountains here in Phoenix are looking an awful lot like Hawaii. Hi, Justin. Hey, good morning, though. What are the odds that that sour orange is edible? Uh, 100%. The sour oranges. Um, in fact, if you know, if you wanted to use different citrus for hedge, you certainly could do the same thing. You know, like the Meyer lemons make a beautiful hedge as well. But the sour oranges. Um, when I was young, we used to pick the fruit, and that was our Christmas money. My grandfather would take us down to the packing plant down on Jackson Street, and we would get all the money from the sour oranges we picked out of the grove, and they were pretty much all shipped to Canada, where they're very popular for marmalade and different things. And um, and I've had customers come in. That specifically just wanted to eat the sour oranges. Now, for a lot of us here, you know, they're kind of tart. My grandfather always let us throw them at each other, too. So they weren't the most valuable. <laughs> I do remember the throwing side as well. My <laughs> grandpa as well. Hey, so I have a quick question. Mine's I want to grow some hops, but I can't find hop rhizomes anywhere. And then you were just talking about a hop hedge. Well, hop seed is different than the hops. So um, the hops you probably have to find on the Internet. Okay, so there's no legal restraint or anything in Arizona for us to grow them. We can actually grow them. You just got to get them on the Internet? Not that I'm aware of at all. No, I've never heard of any reason why we can't grow hops here. Okay, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, uh, we've got a couple lines available. Number to call 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. George and Mesa, good morning. Good morning, Brian. Thanks. Oh, it's Georgia. 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 Sweet Georgia. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So, Brian, I uh, bought a lavender plant about a year ago, and it was wonderful, and it bloomed great, but I didn't do my due diligence and trim it back, so it's now dead. I mean, then when I trimmed it back, it was too late, so it's now dead. So... 
it was the lavender that has flowers all the way up and down the branches. There's okay. there's a lot of lavenders here. The Spanish varieties kind of do the best, you know. But there, and, um, and the fern leaf lavender is another one that's it's a good perennial, and uh, you know lavenders have been really fun and they've really increased in popularity. Really, the last you know ten or fifteen years, we've sold a lot of lavenders. And but if you want one that's going to hold up, I would recommend one of the Spanish varieties or fern leaf okay. lavender. And do you have those? We do. Oh, good. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, so Georgia. I'll learn how to take care of it when I come in. Yeah, well, Stuart Mason, we, we have Georgia that works over at our store on Glendale Avenue, too, and she's, she's a very fun person. Okay. All okay. righty. Thank you very much. Thanks, Georgia. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we got John and Glendale after John. We got lines open. The number to call, 602-277-5827. Hi, John. Hey, how are you today? Glad to get to talk to you. I've got a question about my Bermuda lawn. It seems to have been overtaken by uh, every weed that we could possibly have in town. Mostly, uh, I would say probably dichondra, clover, and boy, in the spring, the spurge just won't quit. I've been thinking about using uh, pre-emergent, but I'm not sure when <clears throat> or if there's something else that might take that out. Well, a couple things, John. Number one, the dichondra is you know a perennial, okay, so it's not an annual, so the pre-emergent wouldn't stop that one. But the okay. dichondra is probably there because you probably have some trees or some shadier areas, and it usually yeah. out- outcompetes the Bermuda grass in the shade. That seems to be happening. Trees, the ficus are getting bigger and shading some areas, but uh, boy, it just seems to spread everywhere. How about the spurge? What can you do against well, that? Well, the, the spurge you could put down, you know, for the summer one. You know, basically what you do is this time of year, put down a pre-emergent, or probably maybe not quite yet. Maybe whenever, uh, say, like the end of March, middle of March is when the spurge is going to start to germinate. Is the ground pretty yeah. solidly covered with some kind of green growth at this point? Yeah, we put the rye in, but it seems to struggle against the other uh, the clover and dichondria that are. <laughs> well, if you if you want to if you want to kill the oxalis, which is the clover and dichondra, you can spray with two four D, which is like oh, weed be gone. It's in a lot of different pro- products, and it's a contact herbicide that doesn't kill grasses, but will kill the, the kill dichondra, and it'll also kill any kind of a broadleaf weed. Okay, safe for the cat and the dog. You like to roll around? Well, yeah, you don't want to spray it on them, and you want to spray it, spray <laughs> it, and uh, and then after a day or so, water it off. But you know, it's yeah, it's fairly safe. I mean, they sprayed it on lots of American troops in Vietnam. It's the same thing as Agent Orange. So you don't really want to oh, spray boy. it on anybody or anything. But you know, there were a lot of people, and you know, and we're not going to open up that can of worms because we, you know, we personally have family members that uh, might have had some bad symptoms from that. But at any oh. rate, you don't want to ever spray a chemical on your pet you don't want you know unless you're trying no. to treat it for something but uh you don't well, want to no, spray a chemical on, on them <laughs> yeah. but uh not them i was just thinking that they go roll around in the grass all the time yeah. so just give them a couple of days give to, them a couple of days off and it, it'll it'll actually it'll go down inside the plant system and it'll break down and okay uh, now uh, the real key to get to get not having these problems is to kill your rye grass early okay so if okay. you'll with your rye grass in about somewhere the first or second week of April, if it's hot like it normally is in the 90s, shut the water off for about two weeks, okay, and let the ryegrass get tall, don't mow, come back and scalp it right to the ground, okay, and, sure. and, and then fertilize and kick the water back on. Bermuda grass, when it's healthy, will choke out 
you know, a lot of these weeds and a lot of the problems. It's not going to outcompete the dichondra. And I would really think if it were me, whether I would want to kill the dichondra, because it might be that it's really hard to grow to Bermuda grass in the areas where the dichondra is, you know, outcompeting it. And the dichondra is not a bad option. You know, it's, if it's dichondra or dirt, you know, you might like dichondra. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, um, yeah, I struggle with that. Uh, uh, problem with that is April is good croquet season, so I hate okay. to scalp it all down. Then. Well, I, you I said understand. Can of worms. You said can of worms. I have one more question for yeah. you. Let you go. Uh, I've been thinking about throwing some red wigglers in my compost bin. Mm-hmm. Is that a good idea, or well, they? as long as you don't heat up your compost too hot. I see. Okay, so the idea with compost to kill weed seeds, depending on what you're making compost out of, is to um, get the temperature hot. Okay, and when it gets too sure. hot, the worms won't grow, so they'll they'll, they'll die. Basically, uh, they'll, they'll become right. they'll become part of your compost. But after you have it fairly composted, okay, and then if you're going to take it out and pile it up and turn it, uh, then the red wigglers would be a huge part of it. You know, and they can they can work really well and help to break it down further and be a wonderful right. part of it. But um, you just can't use it like in a tumbling bin when you're going to get the temperature too hot. I see. Okay, they won't duck down to lower levels to stay out of that heat. Well, it'll get to a point where it'll just it'll get too hot. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, hey, thanks for all your help. Uh, I'm going to have a good-looking lawn and a good compost bin from your help. Have fun, John. Thank you. Bye-bye. We're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have two lines available. The number to call for Ms. Shira, of course, is 602-277-5827, 277-KTR. It's Brian, Shira, and Troy here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR. Folks, and uh, you know, we've seen a little rain on sunny days here in the valley, but there's uh, oh, looks like there's a pretty good chance for some more today. It's uh, the clouds have moved up in the atmosphere a little bit, but the ground's still damp anyway. Welcome back to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. I want to take a minute and invite you out to Whitfield's. You know, Whitfield's we started back in the 40s with my grandparents, Fred Flores and Les Whitfield, over in our original location at 824 East Glendale Avenue in a little citrus orchard growing trees, and we've been growing trees ever since. Now, for four generations. If you need trees, any kind, any size, and we deliver plant and guarantee, we're licensed 
Americans bonded insured. Come out and see us at Whitfields. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. We're open Monday through Saturdays, 8 to 530, Sundays, 10 to 4. No jobs too big, none's too small. We specialize in citrus. We have, we're the Valley's largest grower of landscape palm trees and the, the states. And we also, uh, there's no job too big or too small. So that means if you need a thousand palm trees, come out and see us. And if you want that one special tree for mom, you know, now's a good time to come taste the citrus. We also have beautiful shade trees like ashes, elms, pistachios, beautiful fruitless olives, whatever your dreams. Maybe it's an ironwood tree or saguaro. We do them all at Woodfills. Woodfill Nursery for three, now, now four generations growing trees here for Arizona's future. Uh, let's see. Next up we have, looks like Susan and Scottsdale. Hi, Susan. Good morning. Um, I wanted to ask, we have a beautiful orange tree and grapefruit tree and navel orange tree, but we're interested in getting a lemon tree. And I wanted to find out, is there one type that might um, grow better here? Well, the two most popular and the two best lemon trees, we, we grow a lot of lemon trees just as a, you know, kind of basis. We, we actually are the, probably the largest, well, we're definitely the largest lemon grower in Maricopa County. And we have big farms in Yuma County. We're the largest grower of organic, uh, you know, lemons in the state. But, um, so we grow two main varieties and we've grown some others and weren't very pleased. So the ones that we're happiest with is we grow Meyer lemons. And the Meyer lemons are a smooth skin lemon that's a cross between a lemon and a tangerine. And our other favorite are Lisbon lemons. And the Lisbon lemons are the big lemons you'd see in the store. So if you went into, uh, oh, for example, if you went to this week and went to any, any one of the Safeways Albertson stores or Sprouts or Bashes, their whole families of stores or Whole Foods, and you go in and, and buy a lemon, most of the lemons they're going to have are going to be our Lisbon lemons that were grown right here in Arizona. And so, you know, they're, they're a great variety to grow here in the desert, and, they, and they're very hardy and easy to produce. And some of those stores may, like I think Sprout still probably has some Meyer lemons left, and uh, some of the other ones may have some Meyers left as well. The Meyers, this is kind of the end of the season, where the Lisbons, this is prime season. So we tree ripen all of ours, and, and they get, you know, this is their best time of year for the quality of the fruit. But if you want a big tree, and if you like uh, the regular acidic lemon, what you really want to do is plant a Lisbon lemon, and we have them in all sizes at the nursery. Okay, excellent. So the Meyer trees, they don't get as large as the Lisbon? Well, we didn't trees. think they got as large as they do, but they do get pretty large. They're not as large as the Lisbon, but they're not a small tree either. And um, when we first planted our groves in 2012, we thought the trees would be like six to eight feet. And now we're cutting them back to 10 feet. So <laughs> they, oh, do, wow. they do okay. get bigger than we thought. But uh, and, and they're very prolific. So you, know, you have a big crop. And lemons in, in general are usually pretty prolific anyway. Okay, excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you, Susan. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got uh, Kathy in Paradise Valley. Hi, Kathy. Hi. Can you hear me? Very clearly, Kathy. Okay. How do I plant, uh, take a avocado stone and make a plant out of it? Well, you can grow them in water or you can grow them in soil. And they're very easy to grow the pit. You can just put the pit like halfway in the ground in a, in a pot and, and keep it moist and it'll grow. Or you can put it in water and it'll grow too. Now, do you know, have to do a crisscross uh, no, on, they'll, they'll, the, uh, they'll on the bottom of it to no. get it to open up? Because I've tried that and they're not... 
been able to do it. it nothing happens. Well, are we putting it in soil or are you putting it in um, water? Water. Just try them in soil. Just put it in a pot and keep it moist. And uh-huh. it, it'll, it'll germinate. It'll take it probably about, if you just take a fresh seed out of an av- avocado when it's ripe and, mm-hmm. and pot it up, it'll probably take it to germinate about three or four weeks. Do I scrub that seed before I plant it? No, you don't have to. Okay. Then and then can I plant it, make a tree? Well, you can make a tree, but it's not going to have fruit. Why not? How can well, I get fruit? <laughs> well, you buy a grafted avocado, or if you grow one from seed, then you graft it. Oh, so, and how do you, how do you graft it? Well, it's it's a it's a it's a V graft. So you take the wood and you take the the top of another you know avocado branch that's coming out, and yeah. you basically cut a V slice into the top of your your seedling, and slide uh-huh. that graft in, and you're going to wrap it with. You can use like a, oh. you know wrap it with plastic or paper. But I tell you what, you know, avocado grafting professional avocado grafters that do it for a living, um, they get about eighty percent. Uh, non-professional grafters that graft other plants that decide to graft an avocado, they get get about 15%. Okay. Alrighty. Your chances of of grafting one at home depend on your luck, you know? There are people that win the lottery, so everything can happen, everything's possible, but it's not easy. Thanks for your encouragement. Have a good day. (laughs) Thanks, Kathy. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, let's see. Dave in North Phoenix. Hi, Dave. Yeah. Hey, Dave. Morning, you know what? I'm going to put you on back on hold because I didn't realize I got to say goodbye. And it's time to go. Hold on. I'll take everybody else off the air. Appreciate all the calls, folks. Hope you enjoyed the program. Let's go out and enjoy each other. Love this season. The weather's beautiful. Spring baseball is here. And uh, boy, aren't we fortunate to be in this country. Uh, hope you're enjoying it. And let's uh, send prayers out to those who are less fortunate, especially those who've been uh, hit by the earthquakes. Have a nice weekend.